Welcome to episode 69 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership. And I'm your host, Yo Canny. This week we are talking about habits. Perhaps you have a good one right now, listening to this podcast while you're traveling, exercising, or driving. Perhaps you have other habits, though, that you don't particularly like or even feel shameful to admit. My eating habits were like that before I got into a 12-step program. But you know, there are all kinds of ways to change habits, and we'll talk about some of them today. When I was thinking about this topic, I spoke with my podmates, a group of six of us who talk weekly to support and love each other as podcasters. So here's a shout out to them, and in particular to Melissa, Rachel, and Misha, who were on the call. And I'll tell you, the conversation was explosive. They filled me up with ideas, different approaches, experts to check out. And I quickly realized tackling this topic about habits would not be simple. There are a ton of offers made about changing habits. Am I right? It seems there are all kinds of ways to change habits. So I had to begin this episode laying down some foundation from my research to get us oriented. And I'll share some of the gems from Jen Sincero's book, Badass Habits. She's got a very cool way of making the complex simple to understand. And for those of you who don't know Jen Sincero, she's a New York Times bestseller author who has a terrific sense of humor. I find her very relatable and always provides easy to implement practices to help tackle the issue I'm working on. She can talk about changing a habit to become a dedicated flosser or never eating another French fry by uncovering our self-perceptions, our beliefs, and our general sense of reality. Let's start by defining what habits are. Habits are automatic behaviors that we perform without much thought or effort. They are the result of our brain's ability to create shortcuts that help us conserve energy and make decisions quickly. Habits are a universal human experience. We all have them, and they are a fundamental aspect of being human, and they shape our behavior. I think we can all see that some habits can be harmful or unproductive, while others can help us achieve our goals and improve our lives. So how do habits relate to leadership? As a leader, we are responsible for making decisions, solving problems, motivating teams to achieve their best. This requires a lot of mental and emotional energy which can quickly lead to burnout and exhaustion if we don't manage it properly. And I'm sure we've all had exposure to leaders with very bad habits like micromanaging, refusing to delegate, poor communication, so you're never very clear about what you're supposed to do. Managers who are resistant to change and know that they are right. Maybe they've lacked empathy or have an inability to adapt and perhaps the worst habit of all, lack any self-awareness. While we can't change them, we can change ourselves. So let's go for the more positive habits, like being a leader that is a good communicator, has empathy, 
connects with their team and inspires the heck out of everyone. <laughs> Sound good? We'll begin by working with the model I created. Oh, and before I go there, few notes of caution. I've made a model so that I could better understand the different kinds of approaches. I did this because I was overwhelmed by the sheer number of offers. And my hope is that after you listen to this episode, you might be better able to match your needs to a particular type of approach. I know many of you listening have done different kinds of work in many of these categories and had lots of success in your journey. My purpose is not to make one better than another. I'm just trying to help us all see how they might differ. So you can choose what might be helpful for you to investigate. And you'll notice I pulled a few notable experts in each area. This was meant to give you a flavor of some of the leaders and by no means was meant to be an exhaustive list. Okay, so let's get started visualizing a simple model. Imagine if you would a wheel with six spokes and in the middle of the wheel is a circle that says changing habits. And the spokes come out of that circle are six different fields of study, brain research, subconscious transformation, personal transformation, spiritual practices, leadership skills, and personal development. Let's first look at the brain research spoke. In our episode 66, we talked about the brain and the impact bullying could have on it. And as you may remember, that one of the key findings was a process known as neuroplasticity. This is the brain's ability to reorganize and form new connections between neurons in response to experience. It is the same with habits. Studies have shown that when we repeat a behavior over and over again, the connections between the neurons involved in that behavior become stronger. This is what creates a habit. And over time, the behavior becomes automatic and we no longer need to be consciously thinking about it. Another important finding from brain research is that habits are stored in a different part of the brain than conscious decision-making. Habits are stored in the basal ganglia, which is an area of the brain responsible for motor control and procedural learning. This means that habits operate outside of our conscious awareness and control. However, the good news is that the brain is capable of changing and rewiring itself, even in adulthood. This means that we can break old habits and research has shown that forming new habits involves creating new neural connections in the brain. And the more we repeat a behavior, the stronger these connections become. And finally, brain research has also shown that the most effective way to change a habit is to replace it with a new one. This is because the brain is more receptive to forming new habits than breaking old ones. By replacing a bad habit with a good one, we can train the brain 
to associate the new behavior with the same reward that the old behavior provided. Mm. Interesting. Now let's look at the subconscious transformations book. Subconscious transformation is not a product of the latest brain research. Instead, it is an approach that has been developed by various experts over time, combining principles of psychology, neuroscience, and spirituality. The concept of subconscious mind has been around for a long time and it has been studied and discussed by various scholars, including Sigmund Freud, Carl Jung, and Joseph Murphy, among others. Similarly, practices like meditation, visualization, and affirmations have been used for centuries to promote mental and emotional well-being. One way we can look at this field is that in recent years, brain research has provided new insights into the workings of the brain and how it processes information, which has helped to refine and validate some of the practices used in subconscious transformation. Subconscious transformation is about reprogramming our subconscious minds to change our beliefs, emotions, and habits at a deep level. They can involve techniques like visualization, hypnosis, and meditation. By changing our subconscious patterns, we can create lasting change in our habits and ultimately in our lives. And there are many leaders in this field of subconscious transformation, and they could include Joe Dispenza, Vishan Lakihani, and I think you could add Tony Roberts to this group, but he could also be in the many of the other groups as well. Dispenza's approach is based on the idea of rewiring the brain through meditation and visualization. Lakahani's approach focuses on intuition and creativity to tap into our subconscious minds. And Tony Robbins teaches people how to overcome limiting beliefs and negative patterns through a variety of techniques, including visualization, meditation, and positive self-talk. The third spoke is personal transformation. Personal transformation often involves changing limiting beliefs and behaviors by reprogramming the subconscious mind, which is a key focus of subconscious transformation experts. Byron Katie, who we discussed in episode 38, is often considered a leader in the field of personal transformation, but her approach is somewhat different from traditional subconscious transformation methods. Katie's approach is based on a technique called the work which involves questioning and examining one's beliefs in order to uncover the transformation of negative patterns of thought and behavior. While Katie's approach does involve exploring one's subconscious beliefs and thought patterns, it is more focused on conscious awareness and inquiry than it is on the direct manipulation of the subconscious mind. Nevertheless, many people, including me, have found Katie's approach to be highly effective in transforming their lives, and she has inspired many others to explore the power of questioning their beliefs and examining their thought patterns as a means of personal transformation. 
Katie's approach is about questioning our beliefs and thought patterns to create new habits and behaviors. I think I'd also add 12 step programs in this category of transformation because it covers the mental, physical, and spiritual aspects of transformation. The next spoke is spiritual practices. This group would include the likes of Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, and Louise Hay. These experts use a variety of strategies to help people change their habits and improve their lives. Some common strategies include mindfulness and meditation, visualization and affirmation, gratitude, connecting with the higher power, inner reflection, and service. These strategies are often combined with practical tools and techniques to help people develop new habits and break old ones, such as setting goals, creating action plans, and tracking progress. The fifth spoke is leadership skills. This includes examining different approaches to leadership, such as transformational, situational, and servant leadership, and understanding how different styles can be effective in different contexts. Notable experts in this area include Stephen Covey, John C. Maxwell, Simon Sinek, and John Kabat-Zinn. And some areas covered in this group would include emotional intelligence, effective communication, team building, change management and organization culture, mindfulness and self-awareness. Stephen Covey's approach in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which sold millions, was first published in 1989 and is perhaps one of the most famous in this group. The focus of his work is on developing a strong sense of personal values and using those values to guide decision-making and behavior. He emphasizes the importance of developing habits that align with these values and of cultivating a proactive mindset that allows individuals to take control of their lives and achieve their goals. You know their work today probably as Franklin Covey which as of June, 2023, has a market capitalization of nearly $550 million and with over 5,000 employees worldwide. And the last spoke in our model is personal development. This category includes self-help authors, coaches, and speakers who focus on helping individuals improve their personal lives, increase self-awareness, and develop better habits and mindsets. The self-help industry is a significant part of this personal transformation field with many experts offering books, courses, and coaching services to help individuals achieve their personal goals. Notable experts in this category could be Jen Sincero, Gabrielle Bernstein, Tim Ferriss, and Mel Robbins. While their work may touch on leadership and success, it is generally more oriented toward personal growth and self-improvement. Let's take a closer look at Jen Sincero. Gotta say, I love her humor and irreverence, and I love being a badass. I kind of feel like one after putting that model together for this episode, for sure. (laughs) She has a talent to write in a way that 
it seems like your best friend is talking to you. She says habits are no brainers, a routine tendency or behavior, knee jerky beliefs, thoughts, and actions that one repeats on autopilot. Here's what she says is involved in habit creation. There's a trigger, which means something happens. The sequence, which works with that trigger and signals a need and then leads to a habit or response, which leads to a reward. Here's an example she gives. Trigger, your divorce lawyer calls. Need, to not throw a plate at the wall. Response or habit, pace around in circles and twirl your hair around your fingers. Reward, you feel calmer. And she says that when you repeat something enough times, you establish new neural paths in the brain that your habit flows through effortlessly and automatically, allowing you to literally forget about it. That's courtesy of my husband, Steve, offering us that interpretation. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> okay. So she says, after repetition, there's ease and patience. And that we shift our identity to match the habits we're adopting. She says, changing your actions in order to form a new habit without also changing who you're being is like running into the wind. Yes, it's possible to put your head down, run as hard as you can and gain some ground, but you're much more likely to give up and return to your old ways than if you run in the same direction as the wind. One of the elements of Sincero's book that surprised me a bit was her inclusion of a discussion around boundaries. She says, quote, your habits define who you're being. Your boundaries define the space you require in order to be who you're being, end quote. She also says, habitually setting good boundaries lays the groundwork for all uh, the other habits. We did an episode about Terry Cole's Boundary Boss book in episode 39. You may remember that Terry Cole emphasized that setting healthy boundaries is essential for self-care, personal growth, and healthy relationships. So Sincero and Cole would probably agree that one of the premier causes of unnecessary drama is bad boundaries. A good way to connect the dots is that we have fear of setting a boundary. Examples of fear could be cutting ourselves off from others, delivering an ultimatum, putting a stop to something. And we could see ourselves as being demanding, controlling, rigid, or selfish. And so then we just decide it's easier to keep the bad habit. I think they'd also both agree that changing habits and boundaries takes courage, audacity, and a whole lot of self-love. As I read Sincero's book, I started to see that it all depends on the kind of change you're looking to make. She offers in her book, a 21 day program of badass habit changing and for some things that might work. I found myself thinking 
could that have addressed my food addiction? Probably not. I need something like a 12 step program. The habits I had associated with eating were really hardwired from a very, very young age. And it's a continual effort to keep changing those neuro paths and keeping them open. This is why I had to, to research the entire field as much as I could and come to grips with the different kinds of offers being made about changing habits and as a way to sort them out and understand how they differ, I had to do the model. Again, it is my intention to help you understand them and perhaps explore your own specific needs and goals. Remember, there is often overlap and integration between different approaches. Ultimately, the most effective strategy for changing habits will depend on your unique circumstances, preferences, and goals. And there are so many great people in these fields to check out. Psychologists and therapists, coaches and consultants, personal trainers and health coaches, addiction counselors and support group leaders, authors and speakers who share their knowledge and experience and habit changes through books, podcasts, and other media, and researchers and academics who study the science of habit formation. Thank you to all of you who work to make our lives better. And thanks for being here today. Thank you for listening today. And we sure hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can join our public Facebook group, Girl Take the Lead, or visit our website, girltakethelead.pod.com. We also have a Girl Take the Lead YouTube channel where your subscription would be much appreciated. By the way, we just sent our quarterly newsletter and if you didn't receive it and you'd like to be added to the list, just contact me at yo at yocanny.com. So here are the three takeaways from this episode. One, the latest brain research suggests that habits are formed and stored in specific areas of the brain and that the brain has the ability to change and rewire itself through neuroplasticity too. There are many experts in the field and it's good to see how their offers can match your own needs and goals. And three, it is important to investigate, question, explore, and try different approaches on. It's all good. So next week, I'd like to continue this conversation about habits and dig into James Clear's Atomic Habits book. Among the things he talks about is habit stacking. Sounds quite interesting. No? Thanks for being here and talk to you soon. Bye.